If you're selling your services as an independent consultant, business owner or coach, you'll be making an offer to your market to inspire them to buy. So in this podcast episode, we'll look at the basics of making an offer, how to tell whether yours is working or whether you need to tweak, refine or go completely back to the drawing board and start again. Welcome to the Smart Connector. In this episode, I'm going to look at the topic of offer creation, three signs yours is not making the grade and what you can do if it's not bringing you the results you want and need. An offer refers to a proposal made by a business to its target audience with the aim of persuading them to take a specific action, such as booking a call or a meeting, making a purchase or signing up for a subscription, and it can be made in different ways. If you're selling low-ticket items, you'll most likely be looking at an e-commerce solution. In other words, you'll be taking your customer on an online journey that ends with them clicking a button to pay. When you're selling your services, this can also be the first rung of what's called a value ladder. And this is an escalating tier of offers that start small and increase in value with each decision your prospect is required to make. To give you an example, you may decide to run a social media ad to a low-cost ebook. After your customer has purchased, which means they have now self-qualified as a lead, you may take them to what's called an order bump, where for a higher level of spend, they may be able to add some templates or a short online course. If they've opted in to buy these two, they'll also qualify as a potential prospect for your highest tier offer, which may be your full suite of online resources or your group or one-to-one coaching program. So at this point, you might take them to a full sales page with bonus stacks and prices to encourage them to make that fresh commitment. And if your highest tier program is several thousand dollars, you might invite them to book a call to discuss. Your prospects for those highest tier services will, of course, now be on your mailing list. And this gives you the opportunity to retarget them through tempting email offers and retargeting of ads. Now, it's important to remember that only 3% of your audience will be ready to buy at any given time. So it's really important to put the ones that didn't buy or only bought at a very low level into your nurture sequence, so-called because you are slowly and gradually warming them up to their next purchase. And this is a business model that's been used for years in e-commerce and the B2C, that's business to consumer coaching space. It's used less often in B2B. In other words, when you have a business offer that's sold to a business audience, because there are often multiple decision makers and the sales cycle is longer. Many consultants and professional service providers who still rely on more traditional routes to market, such as referrals and networking, and who hope to make sales through this activity alone, therefore like to think that online marketing is irrelevant to them and that they don't need to bother with it. However, it is a big mistake to think that offer creation and online marketing is unimportant for consultants and professional service providers. Time and time again, I have These types of people come to me with the same issue. They say they did well through those traditional methods before the craziness hit and the world went online. Now they're finding it much harder as their ideal clients are sitting behind a screen and making purchasing decisions on the basis of who and what they find there. 
According to a recent survey, 80% of professional services buyers today use online research to evaluate their options before making a purchasing decision. A report by McKinsey found the use of digital channels for business interactions increased by 30% since the beginning of the pandemic. And another survey by Gartner found that 80% of B2B sales interactions are now taking place through digital channels. And according to LinkedIn, 65% believe that social media is extremely important for consulting firms. And this demonstrates a clear trend towards the online marketplace replacing some, if not all, of those traditional methods of prospecting and lead generation. So as a business owner who's active online, even if you don't have a sales funnel, you are putting your offer in front of your target audience constantly. Your website, your social media channels and any assets you've created, such as a podcast, YouTube channel, downloadable reports and ebooks, require a call to action. And even if it is as simple as book a call, that still constitutes an offer. OK, so now let's look at three signs of your offer failing and what you can do to correct that. Sometimes we struggle on to market our product or service and when it's not really working as it as we want, we'll redouble our efforts and investment into marketing and sales, working long hours in the hope that we'll gain momentum when what's really needed is just to go back to the drawing board and redesign our offer. And here's what tells us it's time to do this. You're attracting clients, but they're not the clients you want. I mean, it's not that hard to get clients if you make yourself busy trying to get them. And by trying to get them, I don't mean posting on social media and consuming other people's content. You have to actively, directly and consistently prospect for clients. And I don't know anyone who is doing this on a daily basis who is failing to make sales. However, there's nothing more demoralizing for someone in the help sector, as it's called, then a client who is the wrong fit for your valuable service. You ought to have a negative avatar or buyer persona. And when your offer is failing, those may be the people that you're attracting. Take me, for example. There are certain people I really don't want as clients. These could be people who push back when I try to give them help. In other words, they might act like they're the expert in my field, even though they've paid me to support them. The word used for people like this is uncoachable. They tend to be quite rigid and inflexible in their thinking, and often this resistance to influence has led to their problems in the first place. In other words, they don't have a marketing problem. They have a psychological problem. And because of this, I'm also likely to catch the blame when they ignore my advice and act on their own instead, which, of course, means they're more likely to fail. Another negative avatar for me is someone who is a really poor communicator. Because I help people express and deliver their value, if people are already strong communicators but they're just not marketers, well, that's very fixable. If, on the other hand, they're the type of people who can never find the words to express what they think and feel, I'm sure you know these type of people who just get tongue-tied when they're required to talk about anything more than just the stuff that's required to get their basic needs met in life. Well, that comes into the realm of trying to turn a sow's ear into a silk purse. I don't know if you've heard that expression. And I would rather not have those people as my clients because I can't solve that very deep underlying problem that they have. So take a long, hard look at your client base and ask yourself, are they triple A's who appreciate you, can afford you and who take prompt action to pay you. And if not, that's a sign that your offer is weaker than it should be. The second sign of a failing offer is when you're not charging what you know you're worth. 
Now, some people place a value on their time and their worth, which is a high figure that they've just plucked out of the air. Now, as any pricing consultant will tell you, doing it this way is just wishful thinking. On the other hand, and I think this is far more common, many will undercharge because they don't think clients will pay them what they actually do deserve. So they undercut their rivals to be the cheapest, which is also a dangerous race to the bottom that gives you no margin to reinvest in or actually grow your business. The problem with undercharging is also that there's a limit to how much you can actually do for your clients when you're delivering a service at rock bottom prices, because you're going to need to take on more work than you would if your services were more realistically priced and you'll be stretching yourself too thin. The quality of your service is very important when it comes to referrals and recommendations. And you do need to build in time to deliver those unexpected little extras that get clients raving about you to others. And this is, of course, much harder to do when you feel you've given away too much in the first place. The third sign of a failing offer is when people are telling you they don't have the budget or can't afford what you do. And this is often just a face-saving way for them to say no to you because they don't actually believe in your offer or the transformation you create. Not always, of course, as sometimes people genuinely won't have the money or the budget. And as I've learned, when your offer is good, they will come back later when they do. So this is really where the power of social proof needs to come in. Case studies, data, testimonials, reviews, anything and everything that backs up the claims you make. However, even if you have these in abundance, if you're not able to express in the most powerful and certain terms exactly what you do for your clients and why they need your services, you'll still end up being overlooked in favor of others who do something similar. And when this becomes a consistent pattern, it's time to revisit, tweak, refine and add value. Just remember, many of the world's best businesses were founded in a downturn. And if you're struggling, know you are worth more. You just need to revisit your offer and ignite your message to market connection that inspires the right people to come forward and say yes to you. I hope this podcast was helpful for you. If you're struggling with your offer and need some help, make sure to reach out to us and book a call. The link's in the show notes. And as always, be sure to like, comment and subscribe to the Smart Connector podcast for more tips and advice on how to achieve growth as an expert and live a life of your design. Look forward to seeing you again soon. Bye for now.